Hello, my name is Yuan Yizu, and I'm a lecturer in politics at the University of Oxford. Today, I have the honor of speaking to Professor Ming Yi of uh, Boston University, whose new book, The Belt Road and Beyond, State-Mobilized Globalization in China, 1998-2018, was recently published with Cambridge University Press. Professor Yi argues that instead of understanding One Belt One Road as a primarily political and geopolitical project, we should actually look, uh, we should instead look at its origins in the crisis of China, China's domestic economy and at the party's attempts at uh, solving the problem of domestic overcapacity. Professor Yi, welcome. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, so, so one thing which uh, I found really interesting is that in your introduction, you mentioned the work of John Robs uh, of John Robins uh, of Ronald Robinson and John Gallagher, who in the 1950s argued that we should understand the origins of the British Empire not in terms of conquest or of politics, but in terms of uh, of trade and of domestic economics. And I was wondering if you could develop a bit about your argument in uh, in the context of your book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, the, the, my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Dr. Zhu. Um, so I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I started to uh, investigate the origins of China's economic globalization and the BRI as its most recent grand strategy. Um, so I find that uh, Gallagher and Robinson piece to be exceptionally inspirational um, because uh, like the, the uh, their insights, I believe that outsiders, when they study China's BRI, they focused uh, uh, unduly on the uh, expansionist uh, geopolitical uh, agendas uh, in China. And rather, I want to look at the, the forces and the processes underlying this global uh, expansion. So from that point of view, the Robinson and Gallagher piece really sets a, a good uh, precedent and parallel to the China's uh, BRI story. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, one thing you argue is that this process uh, uh, is actually primarily driven not by the private sector, but by the state. But the state not as a unitary actor, but the state as being comprised of the central government, which gives broad directives, but also of local governments and of state-owned enterprises, which uh, uh, puts their spin, if you, uh, if, if you will, on the message from the central government. Uh, and I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about this, because I think man, to many people, uh, China is the Chinese government, the Chinese state is this sort of monolith, uh, you know, where the orders come from top to bottom and are implemented unfailingly. Uh, uh, but you seem to be arguing that there's actually a lot of ambiguity in terms of what one belt one road, for instance, means at the different levels of government in terms of what is actually being implemented, as opposed to what is, uh, uh, it is supposed to be in theory. Yeah. So uh, again, going back to Gallagher and uh, um, and Robinson, right? Um, so there is a strategy about a, 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 the metaphor is a grand strategy is like iceberg, right? Yes. So there's iceberg above the sea level and the iceberg underneath the sea level. So uh, outsiders, when they look at China's BRI, they see the rhetorics and uh, 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 and moves, remarks by the political leaders in Beijing. And as I go deeper into the iceberg and the sea, we'll find how local governments um, uh, in, in, interpret the, the, the grand strategy rather differently according to their
their own local needs and capacities. And I argue in this book um, that is it's this local developmentalism that makes the Beijing's grand strategy attractive, sustainable, and actually works for China's uh, 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 grand strategy that is continuous economic development and expansion of the national economy. Um, so I, uh, 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 so the local governments, because they are also very different, so the book has a very rich uh, uh, parallel comparison and uh, process tracing on how local governments deal with the national strategy. Wonderful. Uh, and one last question, because we are almost out of time. Uh, so uh, we hear a lot about uh, Chinese private companies uh, in the news today. We hear, for instance, of, t- uh, of, uh, of the companies which, which own TikTok and WeChat and so on. But you actually argue that the private companies are actually quite secondary, really, to this Chinese uh, development, developmental state, especially abroad, and that we should really be looking at local government. Uh, uh, could you uh, very quickly tell us what is the place of the private company in the Chinese system? Yeah, so that um, in in China, um, the private companies, of course, are main economic actors and revenue generators and employers. And going global, um, because they they suffer from the the brand name, so so they don't have good brands uh, appeal of outside China. Uh, And and so so they face uh, entry barrier that uh, are typical of developing countries, emerging companies, right? Uh, And the state owned companies, uh, they uh, they, they have the state financing and the political yes. tools and their own networks to um, to facilitate overcome the barriers. So so, but over time, I think the private companies are increasing in the role. Thank you.